Would you please stand? And let's hear the promises of God to us today. I am the resurrection and the life, says the Lord. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For we brought nothing into the world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Even so, says the Spirit, for they rest from their labors. We're here to um, remember Mike and give thanks to God for the gift of his life. Uh, We're here today to grieve, and this is part of the grieving process. And we're here to pray for one another in that process, and especially for Lynn, to hold her up in prayer today. But most of all, we are here to remind ourselves of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We grieve, but we don't grieve without hope because of what God has given to us in Jesus Christ. His life, his death, and his resurrection is our hope. And that's what we want to remember today. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O God, who by the gracious or the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light, grant that your servant Michael, being raised with Christ, may know the strength of his presence and rejoice in his eternal glory, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns one God forever and ever. Amen. Most merciful God, whose wisdom is beyond our understanding, deal graciously with those who mourn. Surround them with your love, that they may not be overwhelmed by their loss, but have confidence in your goodness and strength to meet the days to come. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You can be seated. I'm going to invite Father Paul Walter to come up and say a few words. I'm looking at a group of people who know this man much better than I do. Uh, my period of close exposure with Mike Schmidt was a dozen years, perhaps. And for you, it's a lifetime. So who am I to talk to you about Mike? And I was trapped into this by that woman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all of you know what a funny guy Mike could be. He was a funny guy. He could take situations where it just looked like the sky was falling, and he would calmly move through them as Mr. Fix-It. But he always turned it into a, a very funny moment. He had humor in chaos. 
And you all know that better than I do. Uh, he was kind. Mike was kind to his family. He was kind to his friends. He was doubly kind to his church. I never needed for somebody to fix something in the church or in my house. He was generous with himself, extremely generous with Lynn. <laughs> Looking at Mike and Lynn, you always felt like you were watching a, a, a couple of married comedians. <laughs> but I also had the feeling, as I do with watching most comedians, that underneath the comedy, there's also suffering, and that there's also struggle. I'm sure that was true with Mike and Lynn. I always thought it was Lynn who loved animals, and then I went on to the uh, funeral website, and I saw this crazy old coot lying on his back next to a dog that was lying on his back. I saw a couple pictures like that, and I thought I'd been lied to. <laughs> He was a man who loved Jesus deeply, but he didn't talk about it very much. He was a man who was deeply influenced by his Bible study leader at Church of the Epiphany. I really don't have a lot to say to you except how much I appreciated and do appreciate Mike. And I want to tell you how I met him. <clears throat> I was an Episcopal minister. I was the rector of Church of the Good Shepherd in town and country, and the neighboring parish was Church of the Epiphany. I think it was De Pere, but I'm not sure. But it was, it was on Dallas Road at Doherty Ferry. And it was a church that had had its struggles. And it was a church that lost its last priest and it didn't look like the diocese was going to give them another. And one day, I was driving down Ballas Road and I passed that church and I didn't hear any voices from heaven, but I just thought to myself, they don't have anybody leading a Bible study there that I know of. Mm. And so the next day, I called the church phone number, and Lynn answered it. I, I assumed she was the parish secretary. I didn't know, and when I was asking her today, she couldn't remember. But I think she was Mrs. Fixit. I think she was, she was holding things together for the congregation. And I asked if they would like me to come and lead a Bible study. And I th my recollection is that they called me back and said yes. And so I went, and there was a small group that came for this Bible study, and Mike and Lynn were in that Bible study. We had other people in my congregation at Good Shepherd. Uh, the Cosbys were, there, were from Epiphany, weren't they? And uh, so I knew a little bit about the church. And... Uh, 
one of the results of that Bible study was that when everything finally died and there was nothing more that Mike and Lynn could do to resuscitate the situation, uh, they came to my church. So I've always looked back on that phone call I made that day as one of the smartest, best phone calls I've ever made in my life. Because God led me to that phone call, I've had the great pleasure of knowing and loving Mike and Lynn. Well, let's stand and sing, I am the bread of life.
be seated. And Lynn is going to come and lead us in a responsive reading on Psalm 23. So you read the bold type there. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. A reading from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after, he's after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until it has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow... You do not plant the body that it will be, but just as a seed, perhaps of wheat or something else. But God gives us a body as he has determined, and to each kind of seed he gives its own body. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that has sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor and is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness and in raised in power. It is sown a natural body, and it is raised a spiritual body. And just as we have borne the image of earthly man, so we shall bear the image of the heavenly man. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed, clothed with imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us glory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you please stand for the gospel reading? This is the holy gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. 
If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also, and you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Heavenly Father, I pray that uh, your Holy Spirit would take your word and encourage us, strengthen us, and point us to the hope that is found in your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. You can be seated. Uh, my name is Ben Wagner, and I'm the director, the pastor at Church of the Resurrection, where Mike and Lynn um, attend. Mike was a faithful uh, churchgoer, and uh, he sat on the front pew with Lynn to the left of me, and um, always came a little bit late after the service had started. He would, he would make his way down to the front. I think maybe he was doing something with the coffee in the fellowship hall. I think he was working on something down there. So that's just an indication of the kind of practical he help he gave all the time. And uh, I'll obviously miss seeing him sitting there and, um, and greeting him during the passing of the peace. He was one of the first people I would greet, and he always kind of acted surprised to see me when he said, oh, hey, Father. <laughs> so I'll miss that. Um, but I want to just uh, I want to share with you some thoughts about that beautiful psalm, Psalm 23, that uh, that we all know. And um, Lynn told me as we've been talking about about this that this psalm has been very meaningful to her even before Mike got sick, as she was reading her Bible and praying. The Lord used this psalm to strengthen her for the days ahead. And, um, and so I wanted to just share a very simple kind of insight from this psalm. Because this, this psalm gives us such strength and hope. And I want to especially focus on the, the fourth verse. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, this is a valley that all of us have to face. All of us are going to walk through this valley. There's no going around it. And the shadow of death looms large today in our culture because of this pandemic. And so maybe it's at the forefront of our minds more than most times. But pandemic or not, we all have to descend into this valley. The death rate is 100%. But notice how the psalmist puts it, how David puts it. Even though I walk through the valley. The valley is not the destination. The valley is not the place where he stops. It's temporary. Mike descended into this valley, the valley of the shadow of death. And it was a difficult journey in some ways. But now he's through the valley. Now he's on the other side. 
And at the end of this psalm, David says that the final destination is to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that is a strength and that is a hope that we have as we face the valley of the shadow of death, to know that that's not the final destination. Mike is realizing the promise that Jesus gives us in that gospel reading, that he has prepared a place for those who belong to him. After the valley comes dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. The valley is not forever. With the Lord is forever for those who belong to him. And David writes that even though he walks through the valley of the shadow of death, he will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. This is another reason to hope. This is another way in which this psalm and the truth of this psalm comforts us. It reminds us that the Lord is with us as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The Lord is with us. And we all know that when we are in a a situation that provokes fear and anxiety, it's comforting to have somebody by our side. When my kids hear something bump, going bump in the night and they, they cry out for mom or dad. Usually they cry out for mom because they know dad's sound asleep. It's hard to wake up. But they cry out. The little ones will cry out. They want their mother or their father with them when they're afraid. When you're afraid, the presence of another person is strengthening and comforting. And I was so uh, glad to hear, Lynn and Jane, that you got to be with Mike as he was descending into this valley, especially at a time where because of this pandemic, some family members aren't able to be. But that was a mercy. That was a blessing that you were able to be with him. But you know, when it comes to going into this valley of the shadow of death, we need something more than even the most loving family members and friends can provide. As wonderful as it is to have their presence with us, we need to know the presence of the Lord is with us, that the Lord himself is with us. And that's what David knew. I will fear no evil for thou art with me. You are with me. Why is it so significant to have the Lord at our side as we descend into this valley? Because he's the only one who can defeat death. And he's the one who has done it by raising his son Jesus from the dead. As we descend into this valley, there's a great enemy and none of us have the strength to beat it on our own. David says of the Lord, the Lord who is with him, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And the rod and staff of a shepherd was something they used as a weapon to fight off predators that were attacking the sheep. And there's a place in the Bible where David talks about as when he was a shepherd that he would use his, his staff to fight off bears and lions that were attacking his sheep. A sheep has no chance against the lion. The shepherd has to protect We have no chance against this enemy, death. But we do have a shepherd. We have a good shepherd who walks by us. He not only protects his sheep, he gave his life for his sheep. Jesus, the good shepherd, gave his life as a sacrifice for sin. Jesus gave his life for Mike. Jesus gave his life for you and for me, for our sin. He took our place 
on the cross. So that even though we die physically, we don't have to suffer the spiritual death of eternal separation from God. And this is our hope as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And it's not an empty hope. It's not wishful thinking because, as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, Christ has been raised from the dead. We base our faith on this historical fact that God raised Jesus from the dead. And that's the hope. And it is this Lord, the risen Lord, victorious over death, who walks with us in the valley as we trust in him. There's a true story of a, of a pastor who, whose wife died, and he was driving his young family to his own wife's funeral. And he was trying to think of some way to connect with his kids to say something that would encourage them and point them to the hope they have in Christ. And they came to a stop, and there was a large truck right in front of them, and the, the sun was at such an angle that it was casting a shadow of this truck, this truck in a snow-covered field right next to the highway. And so this pastor says to his kids, kids, look outside, and and do you see that big shadow out there in the field, the shadow of the truck? And they said, yeah, Dad, we see it. And, And he said, well, if you had to be run over, would you rather be run over by the truck or the shadow? And the youngest child said, of course, Dad, just the shadow. Can't hurt anybody. And the pastor said, that's right. And remember, children, Jesus let the truck of death strike him so it could never destroy us. Mom lives with Jesus now. Only the shadow of death has passed over her. We are comforted to know today that because Mike put his trust in Christ, he's with Christ. The good shepherd took him through the valley. And he's with Christ now. The good shepherd took his place on the cross so that he could be with him. And I want to point everyone in this room to that hope today. We all have to go through this valley. The question is, who are we going with? Is the Lord by your side? Is he your good shepherd? Have you trusted in what he has done for you on the cross? Are you trusting in the hope of eternal life that he gives you? Mike has made it through the valley. For him, there's no more suffering. Praise God. There's no more pain. He's in the presence of the Lord. In the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. But for those left grieving, for Lynn, for his children, for family and friends, just want to remind you, I know you know this, Lynn, the Good Shepherd is with you. And he will continue to walk with you and lead you to those still waters, those green pastures, and restore your soul. Continue to trust in him. Amen. Well, I invite you to stand, if you will, as we confess the faith that's been given to us in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord was conceived by the Holy Spirit, 
and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate. He crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We pray the prayer our Lord has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Let us pray, saying, hear our prayer. Grant that all who have put their trust in Christ's death and resurrection for the forgiveness of their sins, O Lord, may die to sin and rise to newness of life that through the grave and gate of death we may pass with him to our joyful resurrection. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, grant to all who mourn a sure confidence in your fatherly care, that casting their grief on you, they may know the consolation of your love. Lord, in your mercy. O ruler of the universe, Lord God, By the strength of your own arm, you have won for us final victory over the power of sin and death. We give you thanks for your servant, Michael, who served in the armed forces of our nation, giving himself for the defense of liberty and the preservation of freedom. Grant to him a place of eternal rest and peace in your eternal dwelling place, that with all the heavenly hosts, the noble army of martyrs, and all the powers of heaven, he may praise your great and glorious name, unto the ages of ages. Lord, in your mercy. Help us, we pray, in the midst of things we cannot understand, to believe and trust in the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection to life everlasting. Lord, in your mercy. Grant us the wisdom to remember the brevity of our lives, that we might put our hope in you, and live for your glory and the good of others. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, grant us, with all who have died in the hope of the resurrection, the fullness of life in your eternal and everlasting glory, and with all your saints, to receive the crown of life promised to all who share in the victory of your Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Give rest, O Christ, to your servant with the saints, where sorrow and pain are no more, neither sighing but life everlasting. You only are immortal the creator and maker of mankind, and we are mortal, formed of the earth, unto the earth we shall return. 
For so did you decree, saying, You are dust, and to dust you shall return. All of us go down to the dust, yet even at the grave we make our song. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Give rest, O Christ, to your servant. Into your hands, O merciful Savior, we commend your servant Michael. Acknowledge, we humbly beseech you, a sheep of your own fold, a lamb of your own flock, a sinner of your own redeeming. Receive him into the arms of your mercy and into the blessed rest of eternal peace and into the glorious company of the saints in light. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And now may the God of all comfort and hope bless you and keep you, make, your, make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Alleluia, alleluia. Let us go forth in the name of Christ. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. final scripture sentences. Christ is risen from the dead, trampling down death by death and giving life to those in the tomb. The Son of Righteousness is gloriously risen, giving light to those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death. The Lord will guide our feet into the way of peace, having taken away the sin of the world. Christ will open the kingdom of heaven to all who believe in his name, saying, Come, O blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. 
Into paradise may the angels lead you. At your coming may the martyrs receive you and bring you into the holy city, Jerusalem. That concludes our service. This concludes our services today. Feel free to stick around and enjoy each other's company in the celebration of Michael's life. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.